Van D, a dynamic leader with decades of experience building companies and crushing sales. He's been there and done that. Ladies and gentlemen, hello, my name is Van D. Inspiring audiences across the country to do it too. Here's Van. Well, hello everybody, my favorite listeners. Hey, this uh, podcast you're going to be hearing is a good friend of mine, Art Subcheck, had me on as a guest. Art is an international speaker. He specializes in cold calling and sales over the phone. I highly recommend you check him out, but I hope you enjoy this podcast. Art had me on as his guest, and as you're going to hear, we had a lot of fun recording this. You are listening to The Art of Sales. Everyone sells every day, and this is your source for conversational, real-world sales and prospecting methods that you are comfortable using and that get results. You'll help people buy instead of pushing them into being sold. Here's your host, Art Subcheck. Every few shows, I like to have guests on who are accomplished in their field and where sales is a huge reason for their success. And today, we have one of the top real estate sales professionals in the country, and you are going to hear how he achieved his success and how you can use his strategies and techniques in your own sales. Van Deeb started in the real estate business as an agent in Dallas right out of college. Over the next 10 years, Van won more than 100 regional and national sales awards and then decided to return home to Omaha, Nebraska, where he launched his own firm. And he was working as the sole agent from the basement of his home and then build it up. In just 15 years, Van grew Deeb Realty to over 350 agents, making it one of the largest independent firms in the United States. Van sold his company, and today Van inspires sales and service professionals, not only in the real estate business, but in all fields, and also teaches them how to reach their potential and be more successful through his keynote speeches, motivational workshops, newsletters, and books. Van, welcome. Thank you, Art. Thank you for having me today. One thing I have to tell the audience here, Van, is that we're actually good friends, and we've known each other probably for oh, maybe 15 years or so. At least. Should I, should I tell them how you we... You know, go ahead. Hopefully they can get a visual or not. Okay, well, <laughs> folks, we, you should see the look on people's faces when we, we tell them out in a social setting that we actually met uh, naked in the shower. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, <laughs> Well, actually, we weren't naked. I think we were wearing towels. So, should we explain this for the audience? Here? I think we should. We were at, we were at Lifetime Fitness in Omaha, and we had, uh, I guess, we were casual acquaintances. We we both uh, followed uh, University of Nebraska at Omaha football, and then I was at my locker, and you came up to me, and and I forget what you had asked. I asked you about living in Scottsdale, Arizona, and if you had any pointers when I was going to come to Arizona to look for a place. There we go. And that's what started it all out. All right. Well, that, that's kind of a letdown after the opening to it, isn't it? <laughs> all right. Man, you've got so much to offer here. Let, let's Thanks. jump into it. And we're, we're going to talk a lot about your real estate career. But, but tell us about your very first paid sales job. So my very first paid job was when I got to Dallas, Texas. I went there with 500 bucks in my pocket. I didn't know anybody. And um, I did a lot of waiting tables. And they all had policies that you're not supposed to eat the food without paying for it. So they were all short-lived jobs that I had. So 
I went to a recruiter, uh, a headhunter, and they got me a a position um, fixing coffee pots for a national coffee pot firm. And I'd go around and I, it was a sales job because I'm selling them product. And if they had a problem with their coffee pot, I was trained to fix it. And uh, so that was my first attempt at being in uh, sales. And my next job, I worked for Xerox selling copiers. And that was like um, a military style job. It was just not my style. I, it was, I had to wear a certain outfit. I couldn't have, you know, certain hair over a certain length. And you drove around in a van with a copy machine in the back. And you called on people and then you wanted to demonstrate what you had. So that wasn't for me. Now, Xerox has, they're, they're legendary for their sales training. Did you go through their sales training? I don't remember. <laughs> I, I really don't. I had a pretty good time in Dallas when I was there. <laughs> so I just know that the name sounds familiar, and I'm pretty sure I worked there. <laughs> All right. So, so those, those sales jobs that you had, by the way, folks, you can tell we're going to have some fun here. We, quite often we act like uh, t- t- teenage, t- teenage junior high I boys. I thought we were. <laughs> well, sometimes. Yeah. So those early sales jobs, what, what did, did you learn anything there that you can remember? You know, I'm a pretty disciplined guy and I, I didn't want just a job. I wanted something I could excel at. And, you know, I learned from both those jobs about cold calling and the importance of getting on the phone. And, you know, Art, I don't think I was that good at it, but I don't remember real formal training. Um, but it's kind of as I did it, I learned and I love people. So, it wasn't hard for me to uh, interact with them and to ask them for business. So your your just warm personality just came through and yeah, got, got you by. Yeah, I think by. they knew I was sincere, and I think something to do with growing up in the Midwest it kind of helped. So those things didn't work out for you. How, tell us how you got into the real estate business. Okay, so I run into a guy that went to my high school. We didn't hang out. This was 1983. We didn't hang out in high school, but I knew of him, and he was driving a really cool car. And I know this sounds crazy, but I'm 23 years old, and I said, what do you do for a living driving a car like that? And, you know, any car that went over 40 miles an hour was cool to me because mine didn't. And so he said he sold real estate, and I said, I want to sell real estate. So long story short... At that time, you did not need a license to sell real estate if you worked for the home builder. And so I went to work for a home builder selling model homes where you sit in a model park, show the models, and that was my first job. So talk about the sales there. What what did you learn from that, that helped you later in your career? So something that I learned is, is if you want something bad enough, and if I can just tell you this quick little story. So I heard that Pulte Homes, P-U-L-T-E, National Home Builder, um, they were in all these locations in Dallas and Fort Worth. And my friend had said, you ought to contact them. So I did. And they said they weren't hiring. And they said, we have four area managers. Send us your resume. We'll distribute it and get back to you. Well, I had nothing else going on but waiting tables. So I went to a consignment store 
for $75, I bought my first used suit. I don't know how to make a resume, so I decided I'm just going to figure it out. And I ended up going to Pulte Homes' corporate office, and I asked the lady if I could speak with one of the four area managers, and she said, um, I'm sorry, but you need an appointment. I said, I came all the way here, just if I can say hello to one of the four. So this taught me a lot about sales, actually. And so she said, okay, have a seat in the lobby, and if one gets free, I can't guarantee it. Art, three hours later, uh, a very distinguished-looking woman, very intimidating, tall, dressed to the nines, comes around the corner of the lobby and says, are you Van? And she goes, yes. And she had her my resume in her hand. And she goes, come on back. And I sat in front of her, and I'll move this story up. She said, um, well, you know, we don't have any openings right now. What makes you think you can sell real estate? And Art, it's like it came out of my mouth. I said to her, if I'm not your number one salesman in three months, you can fire me. And her look on her face is kind of like yours right now. She was like, who does this? What kind of a punk kid comes in and says, if I'm not your number one salesman in three months, you can fire me? Well, long story short, she found a spot for me, and that was the beginning of my career. So I used sales not just in selling a product, but I used sales in selling myself. So what did you do the next three months? I was not the number one salesman, but I want to tell you something. I was the following year. And I didn't take a day off. I became addicted. If we were supposed to be at the model homes from 10 to 7, I got there at 8 and I stayed until the last person left. I took it so serious. I really became addicted. What, what are some things that you were doing in model home sales that set you apart from everybody else? And how did you get to become number one? So if I would say anything, I would say it was building a relationship. I was never the hard closer, which a lot of people are kind of shocked when I tell them. I was never the guy that, uh, you know, that really forced them to want to buy something today. I, I sold myself to them and letting, you know, so they felt comfortable with me. I'm working with people in the biggest decision of their life. I've got to make sure that they're comfortable with me and so that's really was my first priority is to is to sell the lifestyle but also let them know that I'm I'm interested in their success in buying real estate so quite often my perception of real estate sales is and again sorry to all the professionals out there mm -hmm. but I mean let's face it you walk into a home and they'll say here's the bathroom here's the kitchen yeah. and you're like duh no kidding right. so it sounds to me like you were getting to know them as a person you're asking questions yeah. so what I did is I would walk around with a pad and a pen in my hand which nobody else did and I didn't go to the Harvard School of Business and I didn't have a great education. I just kind of learned it. Common sense to me was um, you don't assume in real estate. You don't, I think so, with an answer. So when somebody would say to me, um, how old is the air conditioner? Or what is the, what's the, uh, the monthly fees? Or, ta or whatever the question may be, I kept a pen and pad and I would write down their question. I said, let me find out and get back to you. So immediately, I've built trust. 
because I'm not one of these saying, I think so, I assume so. I didn't want to be that guy you're talking about saying, this is the dining room and this is the kitchen. I wanted to add value. And so I'd even go as far as if somebody was moving um, to the city and their trailing spouse was a teacher, I'd even make... um, you know, recommendations, I'd say, how would you like to meet the principal of one of the best schools in Omaha? God, I'd love to. So I would do things that, you know, that you really don't have to do. But I was interested in building relationships, not just the quick sale. So let, let's fast forward a little bit then. So sure. you were in Dallas, you're, you're winning awards. And did you, did you stay selling model homes or did you go? No. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, you know. So That's any, why you did. But. Okay. <laughs> I think you're used to that with me. I think you're used People to that. People interrupt me all the time. You're just kind and you don't, and you don't say anything. So Art, so um, after two years, people were coming to me saying, Hey Van, we're ready to move. Can you sell our house for us? We'd like to, another location, whatever. Well, if they weren't going to buy another home of the builder I represent, I couldn't help them. So then I knew it was time to get my broker's license. So then I went out and got my, excuse me, my salesman's license so I could sell general real estate anywhere. And I went to work for a company, a brokerage firm at that time. So that had to be a little bit harder because with model homes, you have people just coming to you, coming in the door. Did you have, what, what did you do to seek out business and build a following? So I went to the top agents in the con- company and I said, can I hold your houses open? And they said, sure, because I'm very frugal and I didn't want to go spend all this money on advertising. So I would hold an open house Saturday from 12 to 2, 3 to 5. Sunday, 12 to 2, 3 to 5. Then eventually I met all these people, built my client base up, and eventually I'm only doing one open house on a Sunday. So that's how I built my client base up. So really the secret sauce here was... Hard work and determination. Just discipline. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just you've got to be visible. I really believe in sales. Either, either it's with a pin, it's with a technology, or it's in person. you got to be visible. All right. So you built up your business there, mm. and you had a following, but then you decided to leave it all and go back home to Omaha, where you were pretty much unknown other than your illustrious football career, oh, yes. which people probably don't know about. You might want to just tell us about your football career. I was the only third-string defensive um, linebacker in the country to win the Heisman. You did, really? Yeah. I must and have missed that. So I only got to play art if the cheerleaders were hurt. I was not <laughs> good, but I, li- but I lived on discipline. I mean, to tell you how good I was, I didn't get a helmet to my third year. <laughs> So, and you, you have friends that played with, that played the same years I did. So you probably saw me sitting on the bench with the trainer, just having a nice conversation most games. But to answer your question, I moved back to Omaha when I became a, I became a father. And so it made it easier to be with my family and have my daughter if we went back to Omaha. So that was the only reason. So, so tell us what you did. What did, what did you decide that you're, you're going to start there in, in Omaha? So I went to work for the number one real estate company in Omaha that happens to be owned by Berkshire Hathaway. And um, I lasted six months. It just wasn't my culture that I was used to. And their philosophies and policies were not um, what I thought would be good 
And so, you know, what, what I was used to in Dallas. So I decided to start my own um, real estate company. So I went to work. So I started out of my basement. I decided just to start my own thing. And how did you get that off the ground? So um, actually, Art, my plans were to just keep it small. And to just keep a dinky little com- uh, company and work with people and buyers and sellers. And then I had agents say, hey, I like the way that you do business. I like the way you treat people. Can I hold my license with you? And actually, that's when it started snowballing. And then what I did is I had a philosophy, and I still do today, that I, that, that I wanted my agents to feel like they were my customers. So I figured if I make my agents and treat them like I would a customer, I'm going to have the happiest agents in town. Well, Art, word traveled. Um, I'm a salesman, so I know what salespeople need. I'm not just sitting behind a desk like a lot of these broker owners do. I'm on the streets. And so people liked uh, the way that my policies and what we implemented and you know, as you said earlier, before you know it, I've got 350 agents and I've got the Berkshire Hathaways and those guys calling on me trying to uh, make us offers so we could join them. And I never accepted. You mentioned policies. Let's, let's talk about some of those. So, so what were some of the things that you taught and practiced in your real estate business that really anybody in sales could use today? Well, so for instance, I don't believe that if you have an opportunity to do business with somebody, uh, maybe it's not on the level that you want to, but find a way to engage in business with them. So in my industry, if somebody there had their house for sale by owner, most brokers tell their agents, if you run into one or if you're going to call on them, make them feel like they don't know what they're doing um, and really try hard to get them to list with you, but you do it by telling them that they're never going to sell their house. That that was really part of a broker's um, outline for agents to go after for sale by owners. I never liked that. I don't want somebody telling me I don't know what I'm doing, but that was the way all of them were. Yeah, that seems counterproductive. Yeah, I mean, that's common sense to guys like you and I. Um, but a lot of these broker owners were never on the street, so they don't see what we see. So I had policies just for, for instances, we would help for sale by owners. We would go and assist them. Here's the paperwork. Anything you need, don't hesitate to call because our goal was if they were one of the 85% that ended up listing it with a real estate agent, we wanted them to call us. We So we were there to be helpful to them. And then we would do something like, if you end up selling it on your own and you want a professional to do the paperwork, we'll be happy to charge you a small fee and do it. And they welcome that with open arms. So engaging people to do business with you on some level is better than no level was my philosophy. So you were offering value for no charge at all. To get in the door. Right. Yeah. And to build relationships. And, of course, it paid off because when they did need your services, they thought of you first. Yeah. That's brilliant. Thank you. Let's talk about the use of the phone and follow-up and, well, not even follow-up. I mean, initial contact, follow-up. Uh, give us some of the strategies and procedures that, that you guys used. So the things I know for sure is that 
follow up in our business is, you know, the fortunes in the follow up. And I think I've heard you tell me that, Art, um, is we're we aren't good at it in real estate. We just aren't. We should be. I can't tell you how many times um, as successful as my career is. I can't tell you how many times I did not follow up and I'd call maybe a week after I should have. And they said, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this right now. I just happened yesterday. You know, I still sell real estate. I sell real estate to be relevant as a better real estate coach and speaker. I want to be in the game, not saying I did it 30 years ago. I called a guy yesterday, lived by your old house in Omaha, over off 168th and Q in Mission Hills. And you're shaking your head so you know that you know what I'm talking about. So I called him because he had me out 10 days ago to look at his house. I should have called him three days later. I waited till yesterday. He went with somebody else. Lesson learned. Lesson learned. Lesson reminded because you, yep. you know better. Yep, right. <laughs> what Speaking of mistakes, what are some mistakes that you see salespeople make, both in real estate and in general, because you work with salespeople in all areas now? So the best thing, the most mistakes I see are some that I have um, on, I've done myself, and that's um, talk more than you listen. And I've talked myself out of more opportunities than I've gained. So as being in this sales industry for 35 years, I'm still a work in progress on not speaking and letting them speak and find out the real, you know, what their real needs are. So that's one thing I think that is ongoing. I think returning phone calls, I was known for getting back with people immediately um, if somebody reached out to me, um, and I preach that. I think that's my strong point, is making people feel like they matter. And that's even more important today, because today people get upset when a web page doesn't load in two seconds, right. and they're, they're on to the next one. And I had a situation, I was just telling a group here last week, where I needed a sprinkler repair done. And I went to, I believe it was Angie's List, and they give you three or four different phone numbers to call. And called one, left a message. They said they'd get back to me at their earliest convenience. Called another one, left a message. The guy called me, Van, in 20 seconds, 20 mm. seconds later, and he got the job. The other guy called me 10 minutes later. 10 minutes, which yeah. would be pretty fast follow-up, right? That's pretty fast. And he didn't get the job. So the one that called back right away. So yeah, follow-up is definitely important and quick follow-up is definitely important as well. So Van, what, what final advice today do you have for anyone in sales in, in any industry? Show you care is when you're taking the time um, to, to build your career and you have all these personal goals and business goals, you know, Use use your God given talent and and make people feel like they matter. Um, I I'm, I try to do that every day. Is whoever I'm engaged with um, to make them feel like they matter and what their needs are are important to me just as well. 
And I will vouch for that. You are excellent at that. Thank you. Van, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And we have a regular feature on this show. And those of you that are listening, you know what time it is. Your attitude will be in Never will, never feel What they say is the art of the sales The quote of the day that's right. It's time for the quote of the day. So I know, Van, that you've been inspired by many people in your career. So what's one of your favorite quotes? And tell us why that is important to you. So I heard this quote years ago, and I don't have to think about it twice to come to tell you what my favorite is. And it's by Mary Kay Ash, the founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics. And she said, Pretend everybody has a sign around their neck that says, make me feel important. And I learned that years ago. And I'm like, how simple is that? You don't have to, you don't have to have anything over anybody, any skills over anybody. We all have the ability to make people feel important. And, you know, just an example, I'm at Walgreens. I'm, you know, even though I'm very blessed and I'm a positive person, I don't wake up every day feeling like I'm on top of the world. And I didn't this day. And I'm, and I'm in Walgreens and I'm paying for this. And the guy behind the counter looked at me and goes, I really like your tie. Now, he doesn't realize it, but he changed my whole mood. And he, my, I left there with the spring in my step at 8 o'clock in the morning because one person who didn't have to say it said, I really like your tie. So... He made me feel like I matter. He made me feel important. It's, it's, we have this ability to make people feel like they matter. And you know what? That may be, if you smile at somebody or if you make one comment like that, that may be the only nice thing that person hears all day. And it's something that you did. And I have been friends with Van for, for quite a while, and I will tell you all out there that he walks his talk, and he does this with everybody that we come in contact with out there. Van, thank you so much for sharing with us today. These are certainly principles that are not difficult to implement, but yet a lot of people don't. And you have so much more that you can share with folks. So tell us how we can get in contact with you and take advantage of all the things that, that you share on a regular basis. Oh, thank you so much, Art. I'm so grateful that, that you invited me to be here today. I'm just really grateful. And I've been a fan of yours and a friend for a long time. They can get a hold of me by going to vandeeb.com, V-A-N-D-E-E-B.com. Or I'm on Facebook, Van Deeb, uh, LinkedIn, and I even have my phone number everywhere. So I'm pretty easy to get in touch with. I've always said um, you can find me in the phone book, but I don't think people look at phone books anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you you have several books, and people can get those at your website they as well. They can at vandeeb.com, yes. And you also have an email newsletter that people can subscribe to. So I would encourage folks to do that. And uh, Van also is a speaker and trainer specializing in the real estate business, but you're not exclusive to real estate. So if you'd like to have Van come out and inspire and uh, work with your group for both training and motivation, you can contact him through his website. Again, vandeeb.com. We'll have that in the show notes. 
All right. Thank you again so much, Van. And thank you so much for sharing your valuable time with us today. I'd like to ask you a favor, if you would, do a couple friends a favor as well, and that is tell them about this show if you feel they get some value from it. So send them to our show site, theartofsales.com, theartofsales.com. And if you don't yet have our free ebook of 501 Telephone Sales Tips, Go and grab that right now at our blog, which is smartcalling.com, smartcalling.com. Van, once again, thank you so much. And everybody, until next time, go out and make it your best sales day ever. I'm Art Subcheck. I sure hope you enjoyed listening to Art and I. uh, Now you can find out more about Art by looking at the links in the show notes. Thanks for checking out the Van D Podcast. Artville Media Production.